This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Oh, oh wait. Oh, you got no. the microphone over there, so it's yeah, going to pick up you, microphone Morgan. microphone way over there. And yeah, okay. So hopefully the microphone's on. Oh. It looks a little, little high, yeah. um, but that's okay. Hello, welcome to The Deep End, episode four with Leslie Elliott and Benjamin Boyce. Uh, we are a couple of, what would you call us? Like, is there like, is there a box you could put us both in? I don't know. It, generationally? I guess we were, we're both... Uh, born in july of 1976 so that's one that's a box that's a box uh, yeah i mean uh, we're people of a certain age doing a certain thing um yeah we are doing a certain thing what is a certain thing we're doing well i mean what we both what makes us both having the kind of internet thing that we're doing whatever that is mm -hmm. is very similar origin story yeah isn't that weird Mm -hmm. There are several people who want to take the blame or credit for us meeting <laughs> because you came out. Do you want to, have we talked about that? I guess we have talked about like kind of just how, what prompted you to start doing oh. the internet thing and what you thought before you pressed record and what you thought before you pressed post on YouTube. Yeah. I, I don't think I've talked about that really. Um, it, well, I guess it was October of last year, so it's almost been a year. And I started this graduate program in 2019, and I'd been really increasingly dismayed and concerned by the content of the the educational content, the the process, the the way that the school was pushing ideology. And it was a counseling program, so it was graduate um a degree in mental clinical mental health counseling and it was so politicized like the school was just really pushing left-wing talking points in all these letters to students and beyond that in the content of the courses we were stress stressing race and gender ideology so heavily that it was eclipsing classical psychological concepts and it, it they were clearly redefining the role of the counselor as activist first and foremost so they mm. were saying your first role in mental health counseling is to be an activist for social justice and to see that as your mission with all of your clients and so this just seemed it seemed really wrong to me i'd gotten in touch with critical therapy antidote and made friends and and collegial connections with people who were also concerned about this but i didn't really know where to go from there did i drop out of the program did I try to continue the program and, and when I get out, practice in my own way or what? And so this, I had filed a couple of grievances because there were a few specific inst incidences that had happened. Um, but at the point where I decided to go public about it, I really didn't know how public I was even going to go. I was posting something on YouTube, but I didn't know what that meant it, in terms of reach. Okay, but so... What prompted you to hit record then? Um, 
what prompted me to hit record. Did you see, you saw other people doing this? You saw other media being produced? You had already probably listened to something by Benjamin Boyce. Yeah, I actually had. I had. So you knew that so there, knew was there was a genre of media outreach or um, an activistic outlet? I suppose so, yeah. I really didn't know that it was, I, I kind of expected it to circulate through the CTA. So group. you wanted, okay, so maybe, I'm sorry to interrupt. Mm -hmm. You wanted to put your case out there for your people to maybe, maybe to get, get things off your chest, but also to maybe provide support that this isn't happening. This is happening to other people. And this mm -hmm. is how I articulate this is my position on that. And then they can watch it among themselves. So you were thinking that the, the reach would be your circle and yeah. maybe a little beyond or people who are interested specifically in this really nerdy thing called mental health counseling. Well, I also saw that that counseling, you know, it's it's very much going mainstream. It's uh, there's been a lot more funding for mental health, a lot more awareness of it. It's it's a there's this whole profession that's built around working with people when they're dealing with life yeah. challenges. So, um, and especially with in the wake of the COVID lockdown measures and how traumatized children have been by the isolation that they experience, we've yeah. seen a great increase in funding and push for mental health intervention in the schools. And so one of my real concerns was that we're training a lot of counselors, new counselors to go into the school setting with this activist sort of mission mm -hmm. and this um, increase racial identity salience and degender everything. These kind of missions that counselors well, are on. Well, degender and and hypergender. Hypergender, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, putting it out there, I don't know. It was uh, it was sort of a a kind of a cry in the dark, I guess, a little bit. So I didn't know that it was going to result in in a what it resulted in. I didn't know it was going to go anywhere, so, but I hoped that people would hear that and okay. also be, uh, be aware that this is really happening. Yeah. So, um, just to, just to kind of push you a little bit more, uh, were you involved on Instagram? Did you see that there are cycle, uh, mental health influencers? There's like a, a niche. Have you, have you interacted with that? Had you seen that? And what were your takes on that? Did you see yourself in the same category or overlapping with that? I I had seen that. I didn't see myself in that category at all. In mm -hmm. fact, I found it a big turnoff. Okay. Like um, when I was when I was in school and thinking about private practice, one of the things that um, that came out was the social media exposure as a way to develop your own practice or mm -hmm. to augment because it can be really challenging for people to build a successful yeah. Uh, private practice. And so a lot of people do that social media thing where they're, they're getting, um, they're putting out their thoughts or they're inviting people in, in this sort of parallel kind of way, mm -hmm. using that as a marketing platform. Mm -hmm. And I really found it a big turnoff. I really don't enjoy using social media that way. Okay. Uh, or, and it's not about how tastefully or tastelessly one uses social media that way. It's just using social media that way. Yeah, I, I think that I, so I, I used to use Instagram quite a bit. I also was a professional photographer um, mm -hmm. years for years. I still do some photography, but um, so the photography aspect of it was really fun for me and just connecting with friends and family. But I actually got off of Facebook in 2017 and off of Instagram a couple of years later. And I just wasn't using social media much at all because I found it to be, I, 
I have had a really strong negative reaction to it. Like it's just, it seems like it distracts people from real relationships and real life potential yes. to okay. a degree that I've found yep. um, concerning. It's been easier for me to focus on the negatives that are involved in social media use than to see the positives. Yeah. And so that's something that you've, you and I have talked a lot about because you're, you come at it from a different perspective. Yeah. And th that's going to be a turning point in our conversation, but I want to fill out the story. Okay. Um, so there's the, uh, the, like the psycho influencers or the counselor influencers. Um, that's one kind of like awareness that you would have the use of the internet and where it intersects with your, um, professional demand being counseling or mm -hmm. now it's coaching. But there's also this other man who was a hard binger for this in a different direction called Jordan B. Peterson, psychology professor. Had you been aware of him and how he used that platform, how he used YouTube? And did you see any overlap with what he was doing and what you were potentially about to do before you press send? That's really interesting. Um, so yeah, I was, I was aware of Jordan Peterson. I think I became aware of him somewhere probably prior to when I went back to school. So he mm. was, he was there, uh, he was talking about things that, you know, I, I try to go back over it and think, when did I become aware that this was really a problem? I don't know if I believed it. I think it was kind of like this. I see these things happening. Like for instance, we talked about Evergreen. Yeah. I, I live in Washington state too. And when that was going on, I was aware that something was going on there. It wasn't like I was glued to the screen watching it, but I had a sense of that. And my mother, who was always more uh, politically conservative, she passed away in 2020, but she was always more the on the political right of things. And I was more on the left. And so she was giving these warnings about this. She's like, are you seeing this happen? That the, 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 the day without white people, you know, it's like, oh, wait, so thing. she, your mom probably my saw mom prompted me. me to talk about evergreen. Yeah. So she probably saw me or to think about it. Yeah, before. probably. Huh. Maybe, maybe. And then yeah. one way that we might've met each other. <laughs> yeah. Parasocially, which yeah, is kind of like, that's interesting. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, huh. but yeah. So this, and then Jordan Peterson, and I, I very much had a sense when I went into this program, like I, I'm sitting in a, in an applied psychology classroom and here's this guy who's made huge, his a huge name for himself. Who's a clinical psychologist. Yeah. And I don't feel like I could bring his name up. I feel like I would be He's already kind of chased tainted. out if I tried to even say oh, Jordan okay. Peterson. Yeah. Right oh, now. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. And yet there was a little bit of a disconnect where I'm, I'm still experiencing shock going into this going, are they really talking about this like this? Are they, is this really happening? And oh, I think okay. that that, I don't, I don't know how to describe that. It's like, I think we, kind of there's layers of can you admit to yourself that you're seeing what you're seeing and what what significance that has yeah i don't know does that make sense no i mean i remember and i've spoken about this several times on my channel um you know because my origin story would be the evergreen state college story and there's this one meeting called the canoe meeting which is absolutely phenomenally cringe and i was i was i was working that event i was on the camera i was recording the event and just kind of like beside myself with like, are they seriously doing this? And mm -hmm. what are they even talking about? Cause they wouldn't even get to the point. They were just like hammering on. We have to do this thing. We have to do this thing. And, and they started singing songs and it was like the, I'm like, wait, you guys are trying to make, you're trying to turn college into church, mm. but it, in the worst possible cringiest way. It was so weird. And like, are you guys seriously 
you're serious about that? You're seriously doing this? Like, if the world saw you, you'd be a laughing set. But I'm, I'm there. It was really creepy, too. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it was, but I was kind of like a frog in boiling water. Because when I got to Evergreen, like, I already had to, like, okay, no Iraq war signs still up on. It was like that. And that was uh, 2013, like, out of Iraq war or something like that. Like, like that era is like a 10 year old kind of protesty thing. Mm-hmm. So it was crusty and oh, like weird. So they were just looking for their next. And then the BLM stuff comes up and they're like, oh, we, we have our thing. Now everybody put those up in the window, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but so it was always, kind of like that kind of place and so you're like okay this is kind of weird you know you kind of laugh at it but you have to get along and you kind of see like things are like oh well you can't talk about this or like people are going to get triggered if you do this and there's trigger warnings and stuff like that and Gamergate was going on so I'd be reading Reddit you know Kotoku in action and like catching up on the Gamergate thing and watching it around me you know and like that kind of early um, 2010s or mid 2010s um, kind of like college level jokey anti-SGW SJW warfare was going on mm-hmm. and it you didn't know that it would go critical but so I saw it going critical in front of me but like I had to like wait are you sure wait you're gonna go even further are you sure you know but I was so like everybody was on board with it I felt like rather isolated so I kind of had gotten acclimated to that were you just quiet within that just thinking taking it in well i was there to i was there to get work done Mm -hmm. you know and so you just weren't involved you were just outside of it i was subjected to certain dei trainings and gender crap trainings and like the pronoun thing popped up you know and compelled speech started happening and then like jordan peterson happened and after the jordan peterson in 2015 he does a speech um with the microphone and like a bunch of protesters stuff uh, going on. And the, Oh, the Nicholas Christakis thing at, was that Yale? It's Yale, right? Um, oh, the, the Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. The Halloween. When that happened and I, I had, I had made a post and I sent it to the president and I put it on the forum. I'm like, we have to be really, really careful if we start looking at people principally as their ideological or the, their, their identity categories, we're going to stop seeing them as human beings. Mm. And when we stop seeing people as human beings, we stop acting like human beings toward them and we stop treating them like human beings. Mm-hmm. And these categories are not the same as a human being and you can't put those things first. I was really explicit about it, you know, but that was the only time I kind of spoke up about it. Hmm. And, and, you know, and then a bunch of people like a, a professor got on and dressed me down about how these categories are really important and like that. That's how you are socialized into these categories. So a human being is put into these categories. So these categories are essential in understanding. Mm. Well, in understanding what? Mm. Oppression, right? Power, mm. right? Not humanity, right? So the other thing. So that was my um, take on that. But so those are, that's the background. That's the content. But the process is that you made this video intending it to do one thing or in, intending it to be a thing rather more contained than it, was like after you press like after i press send mm-hmm. on my video or press post on my video th- it was a, i was in a totally different engagement like mm-hmm. i was no longer a sideline player i was no longer looking at these videos or thinking about these issues i was actually a voice speaking of those issues that people were using to make sense they were using i was starting to become used to make sense mm-hmm. of what happened specifically at evergreen and then what this thing is mm-hmm. that we're mm-hmm. talking about right mm-hmm. so a similar thing happened to you but i'm sure your relationship to that was different than my relationship to that hmm yeah i guess so i guess my so i i put up one video 
and I had already been in these in these conversation circles around what was happening in psychology. And so I had had, um, you know, I'd been meeting with, with CTA for a long time. We've met weekly and had lots of discussions. So I was familiar with people who were having these, these background discussions. And um, <laughs> I right away started to get... Give me more coffee. Yeah. Do we have one? I think there's a little bit more. Let's let's do the. the, the... It's gonna pour right in there. The sound. <laughs> I hope nobody has to pee. Oh, too late now. Um, so I'd been having these conversations, but they suddenly were 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 being done more publicly. You know, I have now I have all these comments on my video, and I feel like oh, I want to engage back because people are asking questions and they're this concerned about the same things that I'm concerned in. So the conversation is going in this direction. So I I think I made another video to address some of the comments and some of the questions. And then I had interview requests right away for people who wanted to talk to me about what I was talking about. Interview requests like interview me or would you like to come on my channel? That one. And I will interview you. <laughs> that one. This is Benjamin Boyce. My reach is uh, run. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. So there were like three interview requests within like the first week or so. Yeah. And you were one of them. And, um, so now that the conversation is going that way. And then I started to, the other thing was an outpouring of people going, oh my God, me too. This is happening to me too. Yeah. I'm, and so my first thought was, well, I'm recording these videos. Why don't you just record one with me so you can talk about what's going on? Okay. So your reach was rather picked up by kind of people who are invested in this profession. So more professional people. Or students or psychologists or counselors. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, people but it was people in, in the stream. Was, yeah, counseling. okay. So the evergreen story, when I put myself in that, the stream was rather, rather broad because mm -hmm. it was a cultural flashpoint. Mm -hmm. um, Brett Weinstein had made it like a big deal and like it had gone on Fox. So like the, the, the amount of eyes looking at this thing and plus the content was so cringe. Um, yeah, and you had the you And then I had right the raw, there. I had the right, raw yeah. content. Yeah. Yours was... was I was just telling a story. A you were relaying a story, and what was it? Why, why do you think? What was it about you? Do you understand what it was about you that made people pay attention to you, and mm. then also invite you on and 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 use you as kind of a, a point uh, to access this material or a point to access oh. other people through your material. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe that I was just being really straightforward. Okay. Maybe that it was just like, I was trying to be unemotional, trying to just be very, just lay out the information yeah. in a, in a plain and informative way yeah. without a lot of, you know, I, my first video was only eight minutes long. And then I did a couple of videos, one where I showed the book, what the one of the books that we were being mm -hmm. taught from mm -hmm. and so the material just i just kind of let the material speak for itself and then i did screen shares where i went over the um the uh some of the stuff that was on antioch's website yeah and yeah the, yeah. the yeah. letters that were being sent to students so it was kind of like i was taking myself out of it so maybe that's what it was about me i was just getting out of the way of the information and letting it speak for itself yeah so perhaps that but but that that's where this is where it kind of angles back in to to sharing how much are, you share on social media well, kind of thing. To what degree are you using the internet, and to what degree is the internet using you? And mm -hmm. by the internet using you, it's people using the internet, and also this algorithm thing, or mm -hmm. the companies, mm -hmm. you know. And there's that there's that other aspect of it. But there is a 
there is the internet acts as a conduit um, where connection occurs, and you are a chart. You're kind of like you're a charged. I, I don't know my electrical engineering um, terminology, but you're like you're like this char You're like this metal with a charge in it, and like there's other people are metal with a charge to it, and mm -hmm. like the spark happens. And it's it, you're sending the spark out because it's a one-way medium, but it's not exactly one-way medium because there's comments on it. Mm -hmm. There's people reach out to you, so so there is a feedback loop too, and and so what the internet acts as is a conduit for connection. But that connection is, it's is fundamentally different than a human-human connection, mm -hmm. but it is still built out of the same basic parameters of a human-human mm -hmm. connection. Mm -hmm. But one thing, and this is what I wanted to bring up. So the the study of this or the name for this is called parasociality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And parasociality is like a virtual form of connection. Okay. And it's also, and, and it's asymmetrical too. There's, there's usually like the influencer, the public intellectual, and then there's the anons or like then there's the, the users of the audience, right? So there's mm -hmm. definitely a platform and chair seating kind of thing. There's a stage and chair okay. kind of relationship, but there is, but the, but we can all hear each other and stuff. And it's, it's, it's much more democratic, I guess, or much more, it's much more level mm. um, than, than prior iterations of media. Um, this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And so, yeah, so just a, per, just a story that I was thinking of that was funny about this is that I've been getting into board games um, I've always kind of lo loved board games. I love really crunchy um, board games with like a lot of rules. And, you know, I got me and my friend a while ago, me and my friend, we started playing Risk mm -hmm. obsessively. And then we started like drawing other maps and making like other rules. We just started stacking all these rules to make the game mechanics, to tease out the game mechanics. And I'm just really fascinated by that stuff. And then like um, in order to interact with uh, your boys, like I need a medium of interaction that I'm interested in that they can get interested in too. And because I'm not into tennis um, or chickens, uh, board games are the perfect. <laughs> poor chickens. Uh, yeah, those poor chickens. You'd like to eat them. Well, they need to be eaten, but um, eventually they'll give us something to eat. Um, board games were the correct medium for that. There's. Uh, your boys are of a certain age, so like there's different, like I can test them, and then there's different skills um, that can be imbued, you know, math skills, verbal skills, like there's all these different things. So it's, it's just a very rich medium. So anyway, so I got into it, and like, and then I like, I'm 
got really into it. So I've been watching these videos, like everybody's <laughs> top 10 list, every, top 50 list, top 100 list, going through all these different things, figuring out the different genres, figuring out all these different mechanics and mm -hmm. how they're iterated across all these different platforms. And what I've been doing is using YouTube mm -hmm. to learn about this hobby. And there are just different YouTube people whose whole business is to talk about board games. Yeah. And I found this group um, and I don't know their whole story, but it's an old channel. It's probably 14, 15 years old. Mm -hmm. It's called Dice Tower with Tom Vassell. And for some reason, Tom Vassell, of all these other persons, like I just, well, there was, there was, uh, there was less friction. Like he had less personality quirks mm -hmm. than other ones because everybody's kind of got personality He's quirks. He's more relatable and, to you. To me, like it's just, it's really easy to, to listen to him. Mm-hmm. And I just trust the guy. And the more I listen to him, I just noticed this week that I started to have like these affectionate uh, feelings like for this man. He's like your friend now. Like he's like he's my bro. You know, <laughs> like I'm like, oh, I really want to talk to Tom Vassell. You know, and he's this really, I mean, you know, he's just this really geeky guy. You know, and he's got like he kind of like neck neckbeard fedora guy, but like he's totally non pretentious at all. Yeah. And he just like and he like he's he you. He loves what he's doing, but like his love's not even there. He's just, it's just him. He's just You're so just sincere. You're so, like a buddy yeah. fan. But, so it's just interesting. I'm like, okay, so I know that people have a similar relationship with me. And because yeah. I, I do a certain thing, which is mo mostly interviews, I'm not front and center. He's mostly talking about mm -hmm. board games, but like he's talking about it a lot. And then he somehow mm -hmm. he built out his channel. So he's got a, like a lot of employees and they do tournaments and stuff. So he's kind of an institution at this point. And there's this thing called Board Game Geek like this major website for the board games and like it seems like he is always featured like his reviews are always the top reviews mm. for whatever reason you know and then there's other people who do a lot of more production values with their games or like um, do more essay like no pun intended or pun intended is another guy but he's his his a little bit more abrasive and a little bit more social justicey whenever he gets oh, into really? criticizing things he can he actually has a political angle that he's doing it so anyways um I just wanted to bring that up in terms of parasociality, like that. Like I just have a fondness for this guy. It's a one-way street for this guy. I know that. Well, I probably couldn't interview him because my my channel is like so political, different. and he would probably want to remain apolitical. But it would be just yeah. great to meet him and like do a life story. Like, how did you get into this game thing? Like, what what like just do the biography about your thing, you know, and interact with him and learn about his. But in this process, you're finding yourself on both sides of that. Both you are somebody who's doing this, and you are also engaging as part of an audience of somebody who's doing this. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's insightful to just be aware of that. And, you know, because uh, there's there's a quality to Tom Vassell and his work that it's a niche board gaming thing, and he's very non-pretentious. So there's a certain... Uh, the other side of that would be interacting with bigger names, like the anti-woke crowd or like the mm. anti-SGW crowd like there's a lot of big names like pop, the popular kids the popular kids like let's say Sargon of Akkad James Lindsay like these bigger mm. names Jordan Peterson Brett Weinstein like these bigger names mm. you know um, and I have a certain um, based I there's a there is an incentive for me to contact those people and to have them on my show because I need the view count like I'm running a business here so like those are the people that I need to talk with I have value added like with James Lindsay I know that I I give him a space to act in a different modality than he does mm -hmm. like on Twitter you know like he said on it was perfect he's James Lindsay said he's a uh, 
in in real life he's like he used some gamer term, like, I don't know if you know D&D, but he's like, no. he's chaotic good on Twitter, but like, he's actually like neutral, lawful neutral in real life, you know? So he's like, he's okay. a chill guy, okay. but like, then he's totally chaotic on, on Twitter. Mm. And like my, my show, like insofar as we've spoken for 48 hours, like you see like him being more of a normal guy. So mm. like the value add that I bring to a big name like Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen Z <laughs> comes on my show. He gives me all this information. We have a good rapport and he, he the, the audience, person. the audience gets to see him in a different yeah. point of view. So so I'm just just to finish up mm-hmm. like like there there there's like this pecking order, but then you also have to deal with ego, and then you also have to be obsequious when you're talking to people mm-hmm. in this like charged environment. Do you? Uh, well, you you have to be sure that you don't criticize people correctly. I'm sure like mm-hmm. like Sam Harris has been such a joke to me, and I don't give a shit about his ego and stuff, and I don't I wouldn't even want to talk to him because he's a, I won't say why but um because that's a whole other conversation i think atheism is a joke but you can uh, no no offense atheists um i have a hard time taking people who um shit all over religion and then turn out to be like wanting to be a part of the priestly caste yeah like it like a decadent like the hypocrisy like who who are you kidding Mm -hmm. you've always been a religious nut You've always been projecting all this, like, mm-hmm. this extreme... Anyway, so there's all these different kinds. So I'm just trying... Where were we going with this? Parasociality. Mm-hmm. And just understanding. So insofar as you start to put this content out there, and this content is made from your own personal lived experience, mm-hmm. it's filtered through your experience and your own personality, and it's about a subject matter um, that that's, like, objective. Like, there's these documents... Mm-hmm. That, that, that and there's this thing, and then you start interacting with other people. The audience starts to foist upon you, or maybe you start foisting upon yourself a certain amount of expectation hmm. about your public persona. Probably comes online that probably isn't directly is is totally directly related to your already your previous developed sense of self. Hmm. And how do you navigate that once you become a influencer, a public persona? Well, I think there's a lot. A lot there. One one thing, if I don't, I don't. We'd like in the the YouTube channel, the, the Radical Center channel. I'm not talking a lot about my opinions or my trying to be a personality. I'm really just. Uh, that's a continuing side project for me. I have my main my main project is my business and my my private practice, my yeah. coaching practice, and that's this ongoing dialogue that I'm trying to make time for because there's still so many people who want to contribute and have these discussions. And I, I continue to either have people suggested to me or people reach out to me. And so there's so, something, there's something about the content itself that, that you find valuable that you don't want to step away from, mm-hmm. from itself. And mm-hmm. you're kind of just your persona. I'm trying to stay out of the way of kind of the information. It's a secondary concern mm-hmm. of yours or just a like a secondary focus or like even it's tertiary not, focus. it's, it's gosh, it's not even, um, it hasn't even been a, a thought at all for me, my persona. I mean, the the thing that I, I'm trying to stay out of the way of the information, yeah. provide information where I think it's important. Um, the closest I would get to even having any kind of persona would be doing the live streams with Solid Ground, where we yeah. all are giving feedback. We're all talking about stuff. Sometimes I've given my opinions and kind of go into things and ask Keep questions. Keep talking. I'm gonna go sure. Right. Um, but as far as wanting to. Uh, I, I guess I, I'm self-conscious in this, in the sense that I, I don't want to say, I have had to give up 
perfectionism. I've had to just be loose and just be myself and allow myself to talk. And if I make yeah. foibles or or say the wrong thing or or feel like I overshared or whatever, it's just part of the process of yeah. engaging in authentic conversations. And if we're doing that publicly, well, then I think maybe there's something to be gained from from that, both for myself in terms of loosening up and in terms of other people watching people not self-censor politically mm. because we're, we're we're talking about this identity politics thing and and there's so much there's so many landmines that you can step on i mean that's basically like i had a training in microaggressions and a microaggression is anything they want it to be <laughs> i mean it's like we got this example i, I talked about this as example of white saviorism right next to the example of use your privilege. And they were virtually the same example. Like you're, you acted this way here and that's being a white savior and that's bad. But yeah. here in this case, you acted exactly the same way, but that was using your privilege good. So yeah. it's like, you know, you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you just end up paralyzed because you're gonna screw up yeah, left, yeah. right okay. and center. So, huh. so for me, in, in terms of like having some kind of internet persona, it's just, yeah. it's just not being, uh, not being so, in love with my own starchy ideas and that can be fluid and, yeah. and allow the conversation starchy to flow. ideas is that like smelling your farts but like this is the, the pressing <laughs> yeah. your own being rigid okay i guess okay. having rigidity yeah. but i wonder you know going back to what you said the letter that you wrote when you were at evergreen and you wrote this letter saying if we get hung up on identity characteristics and categories we're going to dehumanize other people and act less uh with less humanity towards those people yeah. i wonder if that's not a an inevitable outcome of internet communication. Cause you're talking about internet oh. being too, uh, a communication that goes both ways. So mm. here's just maybe a, a, a metaphor. I was thinking yesterday when we were driving, so we were driving down this beautiful road, this beautiful mountain road. Yeah. And it's, there's, it just, it was such a beautiful day. And I in was, my cool car. And I'm looking out the windshield and I'm watching the trees go by. The and roof's then, up. And then I look up and I'm watching just without without any kind of a glass as yeah. a mediator. So yeah. I'm looking up. And I was thinking how much... I, I thought about like if we were in a car without a windshield, like an old car, yeah. we're just putting down the road or we're on horseback or whatever. And you're, if you're... Tr how much does that glass even act as a filter to reality? Mm -hmm. How much more real it looked up here than it looked out there to me. Yeah. It was so much more real looking up. It was like kind of starkly, shockingly real huh. well, in comparison the to looking out a little the glass. Dirty too. But even without the dirt, I mean, it's just, it's like there's a mediator between you and your reality, and I think internet well, is acting as that. Well, and it's like your yeah. Tom Vassell guy. You you have given yourself enough time to spend with his production that you have a sense of him yeah. that starts to become three-dimensional and that's where you start to see the human and you start to want to connect on a human level and i think that's a normal yeah. sort of that's a normal interactional impulse that we would have in relationships with people but for so much of what we're doing online it's mediated by filters and the filters could be visual filters they could be edit to editing filters yeah. you know like the the frame rate clipping and the the little things that anything that makes something less tangibly real i think i wonder and i don't know i don't have a thesis on this i yeah. just wonder does that necessarily change the humanity of the interaction and is that part of why we are where we are right now socially well, I mean, we can go in a direction that I am not capable of going, but 
you know, you start talking about mediator between us and reality. Then we get into this Hume crap and we get into like, can we trust our perceptions? Right. We get into Descartes and like, like, am I just like an automaton? Like there's always going to be a mediator between you and your environment. Mm -hmm. So you can't, once you start trying to strip down those walls, then you you miss the point too. Like well, the human, yeah. if you start to like analyze the human, like I'm going to tear down all the things and like, and then I start, I just going to see your nose, but I don't even see your nose. I have to see every nose hair. And like, I really have to yeah. see, I need to rip. Can we get an MRI machine? Cause I don't really see you yet. You know, like, like, so there there's, but technology allows you to add so many more on. Like you do, you already come with your, all, your, well, own it, it also strips, it strips it off as much as it puts on. You think I'm so? Sure. Yeah. Do you really? I, well, could you have met Christine Seifen without technology? Could you have met Jen Friend without technology? Jody Shaw without yeah. like all these like you're connecting to all these people, right? All the the arena of possibility is much grander. Yeah, you're you're smart enough and you're you're adept enough at the medium to use it to your own ends. Right, which is that, and and what you're saying that. I think that I've had, uh, I've tended to have a little bit of black and white thinking around this, around social media and the internet. I've tended to see it for its cons, for its negatives and the things that it's doing that are separating people and breaking things down culturally and causing a lot of, of, of damage to young people's development. But there are... Can I steal your nose? I think we can. Can I steal your nose? I got your nose. You know what? Last time we didn't pay enough attention to the chat. So I'm I trying really to do see. want to make sure we pay attention. Um, we don't have a moderator, and the um, we're using the, the camera, uh, oh, uh, the yeah. laptop lens, so that the, the, the chat is really small. Um, so it's, oh, yeah, it it's is kind tiny. of, we have it's to lean really in kind of difficult it. to see. But um, just finish your thought, and then we can spend time with the chat. Okay, well... I guess my thought is that I have tended to be oriented towards seeing the negative and having a deep distrust of yeah. the technology, the, the internet social phenomenon. Yeah. I am, I, I realize that I have kind of a Luddite sensibility around that and that I need to open myself a little bit. I have been trying to, you know, it's, it's sort of somebody, was it, I don't know if it was you or if it was somebody that you were telling me about was talking about the good that comes from it and how it's not going away. So yeah. we might as well oh, yeah, learn yeah. to we we Hans, might as well learn to celebrate it and find the positive things. Hans Moyler. Okay. Pro felicity. Okay. So I had a really initially a very negative feeling to that when you said that. Yeah. Like I just said my what? knee jerk. Well, the, something about it being positive. The yeah, internet. Okay. Yeah. I I just I feel like uh like automatically know we'd be better off if this whole thing just went up in a puff of smoke and was just a memory. And yet I understand the hypocrisy of that when I'm using a YouTube channel that I, that I do at least one stream on and one video on every week. And I interact with, and if in a way that feels really positive to me, so how, how can I say this whole thing should go up in smoke yeah. and at the same time, find something positive. Yeah. And that, that feels like value in a connection between what I'm doing and the yeah. people that are engaging with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that I'm I'm trying to examine my own um, sort of black and white thinking on that and come to something more gray. Well, I think, yeah, I think it is what it is, right? So what is it? You know, what are the negative consequences? What are the positive consequences? But what is it? Can we actually see what it is? I, as since we began our conversations offline and then online, one idea of yours and one value of yours 
because we do a lot of conversations around values, you know, or we have a lot of conversations and like we, you have to get down to the value in order to see how you're building your argument around something, right? Like you're trying to make a point, but like you're, you're, you're iterating a certain pattern and the pattern that, the pattern that creates the pattern would be a value. And you're one of your essential values that I've adopted is this sense of connection. So like connection, connection, from what I gather from you is like one of your principal values, like human mm -hmm. beings, like whenever we talk about sex or relationships, you make sense of all of that around this concept of connection. And there is a, you know, as we speak more, maybe on the internet, as we, as we uh, broadcast our relationship on the internet, <laughs> we will, uh, you know, you'll probably get into the transcendental aspect of that, or there's a spiritual dimension to why you believe connection is so important. Like there's something that you've seen or that you know, like from the inside out rather from the outside in about the essentialness of connection in your own development and then in how the world works. So if we, if we look at the internet as a tool for connection, how does it connect people or how do people, how does it facilitate connection? And it also, we have to, the main negative that's always said, like it disconnects people. Like people are always, mm -hmm. you know, like it, this is like a 10 year old critique. Everybody's in their phone, but everybody's in their phone looking at everybody else in their phone. Right. So like, yeah, you're, you're, you're plugged out of the, you're plugged out of your position, but you're also, you're in a super position. So there is, it's not a pure, it's not but a pure it becomes disconnection. an inferior, you're substituting an inferior connection for potential real connection. And that's where the damage is. That's where the danger is. Because I, it sort of yeah. fills your cup in a way that leaves you full of junk food. Not necessarily. It okay. depends on how you use it. Like okay. how one gains connection through the interface of X, Twitter. X is such a stupid name. Twitter X, Twex. Twix. Twix. Um, how one gains connection through Twix. Um, <laughs> there's it's so many different ways to use that application. I run my YouTube channel through X by making connections, by like looking at looking at chatter, <sighs> finding somebody with a point of view, and then and then finding their writing, you know, finding their other writing and stuff, and say, oh, can I, you yeah. want to come on my show, you know, like or or I find their videos and I, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, like when when I somebody's like, oh, you should go. Uh, have Leslie Elliott on a show. I'm like, okay, like, so I for Leslie Elliott, you know, I listened to about 30 seconds of your video. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll just like, like I, I could hear your tone of voice. I could hear, I could hear the depth and like how you do it, but I want to be fresh when I go into an interview. I don't want to know what you're going to think already. I want to witness your thinking and be right there learning about your thinking too. That's like, uh, that's like kind of like what I like to do, like discovery, like have that little extra thing but like this this live kind of aspect to this recorded media mm -hmm. anyway so i can develop connection and then i also broadcast my my persona or my i broadcast my thoughts my thoughts aren't even thoughts they're sentences like they're formulations so i don't it's not like i'm, I'm confessing a belief every time i post or like here's something funny here's something clever here's something interesting and, and so often you're like this little brother who's tormenting the big sisters like the the feminists so your little i was just thinking about that like yeah. they have like they have this you're like the annoying little brother and everybody's like get out of here with your then <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting for me like like and we we were going to talk about Let's let's talk for like another five minutes and then and then hang out with chat and um, okay and read the super chats and uh, I want to talk about Rumble too um, or just say something about Rumble but yeah Rumble, okay. so over the course of my 
six years now of doing this, you find fans, you find friends, you find enemies, you find haters, right? Mm -hmm. And it's been really interesting to see myself used in different ways. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and it was really, it was really, really interesting. It was really difficult, but then it became kind of funny or entertaining to see how the feminists or like a certain groups of so-called gender critical feminists would use me to agree to, to disagree with somebody, you know, oh, like gosh, they, they would project yeah. like, okay, this is a man. And for some reason I have value in their head. I have value added in their head, but he's, you know, there was this one, I was trying to find <laughs> something for another one of my interviews about this over it conversation with uh, Jesse Manisto and Eliza Mondegreen came on my channel and we brought up over it, which is this Reddit for feminists over it. Um, like ovar, ovary, yeah. ovary mm-hmm. over it. And, Eliza brought up this conversation about um, it was about uh, the geeks and the nerds or something like that that was going on and on. It was really interesting. So and then a commenter on the channel said, oh, can you find that? Can you send me the link? So I went and I found it like, okay, over it, geeks and nerds. And the first hit was Benjamin Boyce. A, a open letter to Benjamin Boyce, and I read it, and this woman is trying. It was like to, from two years ago. It was from two yeah. years ago. This woman was talking about like this tweet that I made, which was in response to a long conversation that I had with another feminist, and it wasn't a accusatory tweet. It was just a testy idea. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't something I believe, but feminists have a problem with reading things in different uh, levels. That's why <laughs> That's the, this is why there's a joke like, well, how many feminists does it take to turn in a light bulb, screw in a light bulb? That's mm. not funny. Oh, and <laughs> and it's not funny because they don't see like poly polysemy or polysemy like like multiple lever, layers of analysis. They're very literal as a group. But wouldn't that be because this particular form of online feminist politics is just another version of identity politics? It's just identity politics. I think there's a relationship to identity politics. I guess that's an overarching thing. It's how do we relate to each other? If we're relating to each other through identity or through identity plus politic, then there will be a algorithm of agreement and disagreement. Right. Like the, so it comes back to vector, intersectionality and, and categorization. The, the vector of connection is along agreement and disagreement. It's pixelated. It's, a, it's along a vector of agreement, disagreement, mm-hmm. or... Uh, another form formulation is compliment and criticism, but that's more like the influencer thing. Mm-hmm. Like the vector, vector of my connection to my audience is through compliments and criticisms and then like actually open thought. But like the, the positives would be the compliments and the negatives would be the criticisms. And then in between that would be wrestling with a third thing, which wouldn't be about me. It'd be about the material. So anyway, so seeing myself, yeah, there's so many different branches. I know. Seeing myself being used, especially like two years ago, I made I made a comment two years ago about like like women call men men call women frigid, and women call men creepy, and there was just like this really interesting like we're we're distancing each other, our, distancing from each other from our sexual impositions on each other like the man wants the woman says no oh you're frigid the the man wants the woman says no she says you're creepy you know Mm -hmm. like and it's just like you know like the sign that we saw yesterday with the uh the the cowboy song sign like oh yeah there's no choking screaming walking (laughs) whipping if there's a there was a sign in britain about like if you don't if uh unwanted looking touching uh asking attention drinks groping um, like, like it was just this huge list of like, don't ever 
don't ever like acknowledge a woman's existence if it's not that's wanted. one way to read that yeah like it was like it was all these things so i understand the groping and the touching but like the the attention or drink was and there unwanted attention drink. yeah was attention one of them unwanted really? attention okay yeah, yeah. um yeah. because then how do you ever know that if your attention is wanted yeah yeah how do you it's like basically yeah when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Snake eating its tail. So teasing out the differences of like mm -hmm. a man has an impulse to connect to the woman, a woman has an impulse to 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 decide which man to connect and, and then to also regulate the man in a way. You so know, that like was, this is, that was the nature, that was the the message behind your no, cheeky little the, comment that the, you were making. A, there's a cheeky little comment that's meant to spark discussion, but the feminists or like I've seen uh, feminists tend to think this is a man expressing misogyny rather than this is a thought to think about things. Like this is a man well, being yeah, misogynistic. Well, yeah, that was like, all about how you are a misogynist. Yeah, so rather than talking <laughs> about the idea, what, the original thread was like, let's talk about the idea. I'm going to disagree with Benjamin Boyce. And then in the thread, it's like, Benjamin Boyce, like all this judgmental, like trying to assign me in these categories mm -hmm. or like attacking my person, which is just like, my person, my person is, who you're talking about isn't who you're talking about. Like mm -hmm. another person said that, I hate women, like, uh, or I'm a big misogynist, which is always just so interesting to me. It's like, if a woman calls me misogynist, like there's some disconnect on her end i'm pretty sure maybe i am a misogynist but i don't think like a reasonable person if we have a reasonable person that could no. say that i that no. I'm misogynist. but like no. feminists have heightened that thing so much like just like the anti-racism it's, it's thing anti-racism all over it's just again. like it's just the same well process. not all over again that, no, that was the original yeah it's the same process That's though we're OG. just watching that same process play out in different ways and it's a way for them to and i wonder if not if that's not either caused by or, or heightened by to this form of discourse yeah. communication because you can't necessarily you cannot know the substance of a person when you only see them in these clips it, I mean, it's it, very difficult over time you can i think over that time over like time, with tom vassal yeah you with tom like vassal you start to create that sort of connection oh tom yeah. vassal um, <laughs> well we should look at the chat <laughs> okay let's look at the chat yeah. if we can see it over yeah, there um i wish there was a way for me to oh look they finally gave me the ability to just look at super chat so mm -hmm. ninja kitty bonks oh, thank you um uh docks me 25 per credits for oh. the sneaky stream <laughs> so i i'm gonna say we are trying to do a live stream every other sunday between 10 and 11 we were we were gonna go for 10 today but it was 11 15 because stuff, we have yeah. other stuff things to do and um oh with mirror jumanu uh would love to see a conversation with sarah hater i believe i have had sarah hater on my show um i can't look it up right now but i i'm sure she's the ex-muslim um yeah i've had her on my show and then i gave her a bunch of pointers on on um filmography because oh. she was in this dark room with a uh, with a oh. really uh bright um window behind her so and, maybe she wanted to but, have the witness protection look maybe maybe but it doesn't go with her like um uh, her aesthetic mm. let's say her aesthetic proportions could 
could could could do well. You're with, saying she's pretty, so she should. Play she it should up. definitely like okay. not even play it up, but just like let, <laughs> not not play it down. Yeah, the way or, she was. or just like not like in unintentionally waste it. Waste it. Yeah, okay. waste it in the darkness gotcha. and stuff like that. So, um, do we have favorites? Yeah, the favorites and the thing. So, uh, die mad maybe. Okay, I don't know. So this is the problem with live chat, especially since we can't see yeah. it. Yeah, I know. We if there out are questions. any questions. Oh, I was going to talk about Rumble. Ninja Kitty said, um, if you want to support Benjamin Boyce, go ahead and go to Rumble. Rumble has all of my videos and it has for a couple years now. And they've paid me all of 64 cents. They run ads on every single one of my videos. And they've paid me only 64 cents. And I cannot access that 64 cents because you need to at least make $50 with them. I, I don't know what Rumble's real deal, deal is, but I think that they maximize certain creators to get to make themselves legitimate, but they don't actually pay out. If you do want to support me outside of YouTube, the podcasts are the best way to do that, which is on Spotify, Conversations, or you can always tip jar if you really are into supporting the channel um i don't trust rumble and i don't know why um that they just haven't been good to me so helena can you asks who grows the plants oh that's okay. me okay wait hold on that's we'll me. do that I, i'm a plant nerd i'm i love my this she started yelling at me yesterday i, I did yeah she's like there's no plants in your room <laughs> yes. i'm like get out of my room I have a little office and it's totally messy. I didn't know. The rest of the house I is I did clean. tell you that you need a plant. no plants in your room. Like, <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't have a single plant. I don't see in his room. plants. And I have plants I could put in there. It's really nice. Once we moved in here and then you started decorating with plants, it really. I like, could put some in your room. It would be pretty. Common ground. I wonder what would happen be different if all of us in chat met up in, in real life. How would it be different? Mm. Well, we'd have to find something to eat. Um, there would be body awkwardness. I'm sure some people would be louder than others. People would be talking over. I'm sure like a lot of people who are really active in chat would be really passive in real life. I'm sure the opposite's the case too. People who probably watch every single video who haven't commented even once are probably like movers and shakers, you know, like the Tom Vassals of the world will pop out of the woodwork and like show us... Show us up. Do you want it? Can you see from this direction? You yeah, scroll? Uh, I was looking at what somebody said up here. Just this uh, one, there's two buttons. Frog. So there's ban and then there's uh, 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 add to broadcast. Don't okay, do ban. Chaucerian and fraud. So before you read this, understand this guy's spicy. This guy's got okay. some str strong opinions. So <laughs> and he's been around forever too. That's he's good. got strong. He says opinions. you guys are missing something. The reason the mob does as it does is not because they have not been reasoned with sufficiently. Uh, and then it went away. Attacking you and destroying your prospects is what, what they, they want. want. The mob. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. With if, regard to the if he's GC talking conversation? about us, or if it's something that was. Going it's probably. On in it the sounds like it's in chat, yeah. but like the like the pylons. You know, when I have had pylons, and they've left me alone. Actually, no, they resurrected a. They resurrected a point from a year ago for some reason, just to kick mm -hmm. me kick mm -hmm. me around a bit. Which I just like, find is funny, because the point is there to get you to talk about the point, not to talk about me. Right. And they're like, you just want Benjamin Boyce just wants attention. I'm like, well, no, I think that's exactly right. It's like <laughs> it's like you described that really well when you said that when you got to um, Evergreen, they still had their protest signs from the Iraq War up, and you can just imagine this like this. We're we're trying to do this particular thing. We're trying to express our ourselves through opposition. And so there's that. And I think that's an, I think that's something that's innate. I think that it's part of human nature to have a quest. We want mm -hmm. a quest. We mm -hmm. want a dragon to slay. Mm -hmm. I think that that's mm -hmm. 
inevitable and to just demonize that and villainize it is yep. to miss part that that it's just part of who we are maybe it's people want to deny that but well, it's part of there's different ways of going so one like so one of my uh conversations this week was with Gio Penichetti and I really enjoyed the conversation and then the second half of that conversation he spoke about I brought up we we're talking about identity and we we're talking about the left and the right and political identity and and we we're just describing different uh different ways that different politics are expressed differently like there's a different aesthetic to the right wing there's a different aesthetic to the left wing and part of the left wing's aesthetic is pronouns and bio a ukraine flag well which is kind of a neoliberal thing um the bunch of like shots or or just different flags you know and like that's an aesthetic Mm. Or in, and there's a certain aesthetic where they put like, I'm ADHD. Like I have like all your disabilities are in there too. That is a political valence. Mm. There's a political valence to expressing yourself, putting yourself in those containers. Mm -hmm. And Gio said something really interesting. I don't know to what extent it's true or not, but he was talking about the right wing. So the left wing does that. Mm -hmm. Um, when, when the left wing, um, uses like a cartoon avatar they say i am this thing i am this avatar i am this uh this anime girl i am this pikachu thing i am i am i am this thing and whereas the right wing says i am an expression of this phenotype if they use like a hmm. you a, think so? a statue i don't know but it's really interesting to think if if you ex- extract the left and right dynamic I, like just, when you is use, left and right really that useful here uh, okay it, when you use symbols to communicate your aesthetic and meet up with people through an aesthetic to have a common aesthetic and to say, you know, we're kind of a common core. We have a common core. And it's really interesting in the dissident right wing spaces. They, there's like this, there's this thread of racism that goes there, but it's kind of like a virtue, like an anti-virtue signal. It's like, there's racism here. There's racism here to like push everybody out. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like this counter signal Mm. to like, we don't police, we don't police discourse in the same way. So it's like the racism is kind of an add on, Mm -hmm. but then you see, then you see like, but there's also this pattern where people can't not be racist against the Jews, right? Like they have to bring up the Jew thing all the time. And like, there's a part of that that is kind of like ironic, Mm -hmm. move away. But then there's a part of it like where there is just like a, there's just a racism here. And it's allowed here, but it's not the center thing here, but it's like, it's not police. So Mm. in polite company, that stuff's police. So when I first started investigating the right wing, you're like, oh, there's this stuff here. I'm like, oh, they want that stuff here because it keeps people like me Mm -hmm. out. Like keeps like the... It keeps the gatekeepers out, you know, hmm. or it causes us to be get kept more. So there's like, there's that kind of, it's a political valence and it's an identity politic used in a, in, in certain ways or like. In that the, seems like an online thing. I mean, that what you're describing seems like it's on, that's all specific to online. Well, it's culture. like bird calls. Like it's like everybody's kind of blind in, in, in different places. So there has this to be the left bird and right calls. thing is this weird overlay. And yeah. I don't think that it needs to be framed that okay, way well, because I, I mean, think just, so much of it isn't. We can talk about keeping that out or we can just let it aside mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but it's interesting what you're what you're describing and i think that it's happening i think you know you talked about the pro felicity thing yeah. and the projection of oneself as an avatar and the, the connection to something um it's something superficial in order to uh, demonstrate part of oneself what is that what's he saying i'm sorry i'm Read listening to chat. you I'm, uh, yeah okay yeah. 
Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. No, 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 it's okay. I chat. got distracted. I'm too. just I trying to, to check I'm in with trying this. To, Okay, so I don't know if Boyce's observation is universal. So I'm not being art, as articulate as I want to be. The common assumption is that right-wingers use I am a noun, and the left uses I am a person with adjective in written language. So there is this whole, hmm. like, homeless, person experiencing homelessness. A person-first language. Yeah, and but the which there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that, but it's ironic that the left is the one distilling everyone into their. All of this is like to me. I just hear this, and I think sociology escaped the lab. You know, like there's a reason for talking about these things. Like when I can remember when I was working in a medical clinic, um, uh, in the mid two thousands, and I was also going to school at the time. I was in uh, undergrad. I'm studying psychology. And I'm watching how the medical clinic staff is so impatient and rude to the patients. Like there's this crisis of humanity in medicine. I yeah. think that there's yeah. this like this this coldness and this dismissiveness mm -hmm. that is so much a part of the way that the medical and it could be medical a, industry a matter of scale, right? Because there's so many people walking through and we're, there's well, some I mean, stranger that's already injected. Well, I mean, this was even a smaller clinic. Oh, okay. So, really? okay. yeah, I mean, it could be a matter of scale, but it also could be just, like, there's this this really common experience that there's this bureaucratic coldness when you interact with the medical system. And yeah. I've seen it over and over. And especially if you're poor, you get it more. And especially if you're poor and in, a, in an emergency. And it's, I've been on the patient end of that and I've been in the office watching that be a problem watching as people are dehumanized and and treated as if they're a burden and they're annoying by the medical yeah, staff yeah. and so I'm also studying psychology at the same time and I'm studying about the value of pers person first language and this was you know prior to the super explosion of identity politics that we've seen in the last few years yeah. but I'm thinking it it made sense to me instead of calling them uh patients because that's like this alternative category when when the staff is talking about them to talk about people with whatever people with with a person with diabetes or a person with whatever I, rather than a diabetic yeah just from the standpoint of medical training because it just it seems like it you're interacting with people who are coming to you with their individual needs and their individual concerns yeah. about their individual body and self yeah and if you're already kind of categorizing them and reacting yeah, yeah. to them that way. But so. I, I, I challenge that because I don't think you can battle. This is not changing the way you conceptualize a human being isn't going to change the way that you cherish them. Like you cannot solve for coldness through more conceptualization. Yeah, I know. You're, you're right about that. You're using the, that, which, that which abstracts people to lessen the amount of abstraction we're doing. Like you can't mm -hmm. do it. You can't enforce people to be polite. No, it's true. You can be generous and polite and like create a culture, I guess, create a culture of politeness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that would be so on the managers. It just makes kind of like a superficial overlay that now you're you're jumping through these hoops to do the same thing that you already and you're, you're And you're gumming up language in the process. So you're yeah. actually making things less efficient, more managerial, yeah. and even more like labyrinthine, Kafka-esque, and colder. And distancing from it. Like, well, like, you're not a diabetic, you're a person with diabetes. But if you're training medical staff... And you're training. How people do you train to people think... to not be a dick? Mm. That's a good question, but I think that you can. I think that it's it's quite like one of my my girlfriends, my friend Nicole. She is a primary care doctor. Mm. She went through. Um, she was going to go the regular medical school route, and then she decided to switch to naturopathy. 
And part of the reason she chose that was she said the the pre-med and as she had friends that were going into medical school, they really train the compassion out of you as a part of the process. And she felt that mm. going the naturopathic route mm. offered more of a holistic person look at the person and valued the humanity of the individuals that you're working with. And the humanity as a system of connection to, and that's why naturopathy is more like associative rather than um, what, um, not conceptual, but analytical maybe, but I'm sure there's analysis and I don't know anything about this. Well, we really got off on a tangent now, so maybe we should. Anyway, so (laughs) just, I'm just saying like all this first person first language, it's like they've, Doctors have been talking about bedside manner for a century. And it, it's just, it's a part of like, it's a part, it's a joke, right? Doctors lack bedside manner. You know, it's like, how is that going to be solved by like making them like, making them use them. Words it's just like, it's just a part of the profession. Yeah. Maybe it's just a part of the profession. Maybe it is a part of the profession. Maybe there's something to talk maybe about. Maybe there's that. something that happens to your brain when you start to look at a human being as a body rather. A, a well, and maybe when you and... have a, a sense of bureaucratic entitlement to, to a particular system, maybe that changes the way everybody interacts with it. Bureaucratic entitlement. That should be our next thing. Managerialism and bureaucratic <laughs> entitlement. Yeah. So um, uh, how should we end this conversation? Um, mm. I'd like to thank chat. Uh, do you want to, do you want to just, um, so you've been gaming. I want to know what your favorite game ga- is right now. Oh, Azul. Really? For sure. You want yeah. to show them? We want to say why, sure. why do you, why do you like Azul so much? Okay. Is this gaming? Are we gaming when we well, do this? No, I, have, this I is would Azul. have said that we're playing games. This is a tile placement game that she loves the tiles. The yeah. tiles are really pretty. They're pretty. Pretty. I like the red ones. You like the patterns, yeah. like this uh, kind of a selection mm-hmm. kind of thing. The, the boys uh, like the it. Boys we like can it. all play it yeah. together. And we, we end up scoring. Why do you like it so much? Um, I think it? it's because it's pretty. Okay. It's pretty. Have you, have you ever like, know, played? Pleasant. Did you know that games go in all these different directions? Like, I have no idea. I've not, I, I have always liked word games. Okay. I like yeah. Boggle and I like, uh, I like, um, like tel- telestrations kind of games. Oh, okay. And, um, what's the other one? Pictionary also, the ones where you draw pictures and uh, that's been my kind of thing. So I haven't been much of a board game person, yeah. but. You're roping me in. I am. Mm-hmm. And you're like following me, like what we're doing trade off. Like, you're like, I don't like video games. I'm like, can I play a little bit? You're like, fine, a little bit. I don't, I don't tell you if you can or not. I, <laughs> I just, know. I just put up with it. Very, no, but I know, I know that you, I know you have a, I know you have an attitude toward that media. And it's good for me to know that it, it's good. This, this gets into the cold, uh, question about like, am I pussy whipped or whatever? Like, right. You know, <laughs> Are you? Um, but th- it, it's good to have somebody who, where it's it, it's it's like it, it's an extension of your largesse that you're allowing like this act you're letting me see that this activity is kind of like this dead end activity but you're letting me have this dead end activity the way and, you and frame that is I know so well funny. no I mean I think it's, it's important like for me you. no I know I know so I guess that's just something that we're kind of working out it's like to what degree am I like kind of playing along with you letting me like I'm using you letting me as a kind of a, a signal like you know I honor. Your, your values. You have a certain set of values. I have a certain different set of values, but we, we're compromising on that. Mm-hmm. And you, you're kind of down on certain things. I'm down on, on, I don't know what I'm down on. I'm just like, everything goes, right? Noise. Yeah, you I are, have a problem with noise. Stomping yeah. around. Yeah, you're a just like, Nazi. stop, 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 stop stomping. the stomp. Stop the stomp. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> not, so. not me so much, but the kids. You're, you're a noise Nazi. Yeah. No, you mm-hmm. don't stomp. That would be, uh, that would be improper for me to say that you're a stomper. <laughs> 
Anyway, so thank you guys so much for showing up. Uh, like I said, every other week we're gonna try. Um, we're gonna be we're gonna be out of town next week. Maybe we'll have time to do that. Or the following the following mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll probably yeah. the boys. So we'll probably we'll, anyways, we'll play with so it. well maybe we'll be better about like giving us uh, forewarning and stuff. Like it's kind of like a we're kicking the can down yeah. the road. Oh, I wanted to show that video, but we should just end. Um, follow Leslie on Twitter. I'll put links in the uh, description and her video channel is the Radical Center and also on podcast. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for being here.